Hello and welcome back to Two Crows Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Holmes. As I sit here in my bed, wondering how long it'll take for me to be out in the real world again, I decided to look into some haunted places and found some lighthouses that I definitely want to visit. This first one is the Seguin Island Lighthouse, and I'm probably saying that wrong. Yell at me in the comments if you need to. Commissioned by none other than George Washington, the original wooden tower of Seguin Island Lighthouse was built in 1795 off the coast of Georgetown, Maine. The tower was removed and replaced with a stone structure in 1819. It was rebuilt once more with cut stones in 1857, and it's that version of the lighthouse that stands to this very day. The haunting of the lighthouse stems from a story of a keeper and his wife from sometime in the mid-19th century. Isolated from the population, the keeper had a piano delivered to alleviate the couple's loneliness. Unfortunately, his wife was only able to play a single song, and she played it over and over and over again. Eventually, this drove the keeper to take an axe to the piano, then his wife, and then himself. How does one take an axe to themselves? I don't know, but I guess we get creative when we want to end things. To this very day, people visiting the picturesque lighthouse claim to hear the ghost melody, the keeper's wife playing that same song over and over again through the damp air. Others have talked about a young girl's ghost who runs around laughing and waving at them. Members of the U.S. Coast Guard have spoken of ghostly sounds, furniture being moved about, and items going missing. Another story stems from the dismantling of the lighthouse in 1985 by the U.S. Coast Guard. A warrant officer was awakened one night by a ghostly apparition dressed in oilskins who was shaking his bed. The figure said, don't take the furniture, please leave me and my home alone. The very next day, the ship that was carrying the furniture sank. Some believe the keeper's ghost was trying to keep his furniture as close to his home as possible. Hey, I'm pretty attached to the furniture in my home, and honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with the history because most of my furniture are antiques that I found along the way and I feel like they have stories and souls of their own and I don't want them going very far from me either. You know, the creepiest thing in my own home is when my piano will play randomly with no one around it and I can only imagine being in a lighthouse and hearing it with no piano there. Same with like ominous singing or little kids voices. Those always creep me out in ghost stories. Alright, the second lighthouse, Battery Point Lighthouse, is somewhat unique in that it is accessible by foot during the low tide, but only by boat during high tide. Built in 1856 and 
decommissioned by the U.S. Coast Guard in 1965, the lighthouse was built up a unique reputation among the residents of Crescent City, California as a truly haunted location. I feel like California has a lot of haunted places and I'm wondering if it's just the corporate greed or what's going on there because there's a lot of Hollywood haunts. But there's also a lot of haunted roads and apparently haunted lighthouses too. The lighthouse is said to be visited by three distinct spirits, a child and two adults. Those who tour the lighthouse have reported a feeling of being touched on their shoulders and the sense of a ghost presence about. Caretakers, slippers, have moved from their bed to another location while they slept. There have been other reports of rocking chair movements on its own, the old sea boots stomping up and down the stairway as if ghostly keepers still maintain the light. They're not 100% sure who the child and two adults are, but many people have seen them, including very reputable people in the U.S. Coast Guard. I honestly think all lighthouses are haunted. I don't think I've ever heard of a lighthouse that didn't have a weird story or strange things that go on around it. And that includes the lighthouses in the Great Lakes, not just the oceans. Big Bay Point Lighthouse guides ships past the rugged coastline of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Its first keeper, H. William Pryor, appointed his teenage son, George, as an assistant. Tragedy struck 15 months later when George fell down the stairs and slashed his leg open to the bone. He would later succumb to his injuries and pass away in the hospital. After losing his son, William became depressed and disappeared into the woods. It would be 18 months before he was seen again as a skeleton hanging from a tree. Those who stayed at the lighthouse after his death reported cabinet slamming and seeing spirits walking the grounds. The entity is usually seen wearing a U.S. life-saving service uniform. What's really fun is that lighthouse is now a bed and breakfast and you can stay there with the ghosts if you would like. I would like to do that someday. It would be pretty cool to do a separate podcast from that location. Located on the very end of Whitefish Point, all ships entering and leaving Lake Superior have to pass by Whitefish Point Lighthouse. Not only does Whitefish Point serve as the entry and exit point to the largest of the Great Lakes, but it is also located on the treacherous coastline that has claimed nearly 200 ships and as many as 100 lives. The souls of these sailors are said to be in limbo, taking up residence in the lighthouse. Those who stay at the lighthouse have reported doors opening on their own, the sensation of a gentle stroke, and items mysteriously moving. This lighthouse is located on the complex of the Great Lakes Shipwreck Museum, where you can book a night in the cruise quarters. Oh my gosh, I want to go to them all! I found a lot of accounts for this lighthouse and videos and pictures that were posted that I want to dig through a little bit more and maybe do a full story on the tragedies that took place there. St. Augustine's famous lighthouse has been a destination for ghost hunters. 
The tower's construction began in 1871 and was completed in 1874. The superintendent in charge of construction, Hezekiah H. Petit, had four children who were involved in a terrible accident. In the summer of 1873, the four children and a 10-year-old African-American girl were playing in a supply cart when it ran into a gate and was trapped in the water. By the time a worker could get to them, the two oldest children, Eliza and Mary, had lost their lives. The fate of the 10-year-old girl was not recorded. Additionally, a keeper met his tragic end while whitewashing the exterior of the original Augustine Lighthouse, also known as the Old Spanish Watchtower, in December 1859. While working more than 60 feet up, the scaffolding failed and collapsed underneath the keeper's feet. The keeper and both children were said to haunt the current lighthouse. There have been so many accounts of people seeing this man and two children, usually out of the corner of their eye, and when they go to turn, they're gone. They'll hear the voices of children playing in a cart, the wheels turning, silence, and then screams. Others hear the sound of scaffolding falling from the tower. They turn around and nothing is there. Are there any haunted lighthouses you want me to dive into? These were a few overviews of some that interest me that I think I'll dive deeper into in the future. The dream is to actually go to them and report from the locations while ghost hunting and talking to the apparitions themselves. Let's see what we can dig up. Have you been somewhere that truly terrified you? Or made you feel not alone? I want to hear about it. I'll tell your story. Email them in. I'll post the email address in the description. St. Simon's Lighthouse. Back in 1880, the keeper of the St. Simon's Lighthouse, Frederick Osborne, was slain by his assistant, John Stevens. Decades later, a lighthouse keeper's wife was trying to work on the machinery while her husband was away, but she couldn't get the lighting mechanism to work. In desperation, she called out to the ghost of Osborne for help, and that's precisely what she got. Osborne appeared to the keeper's wife and began to work on the machinery. Seeing the ghostly apparition come to her aid, she did what any healthy person would do, faint on the spot. When she came to, the light was functioning once more. It seems the ghost of Frederick Osborne never left his former lighthouse. He seems to come around any time someone needs help. People have seen his form many times and have heard his footsteps. Doesn't seem like he is an entity that wants to cause any harm. He just wants to see his lighthouse working. Now, do we see these things and hear these things because we're told that lighthouses are scary? Or... Are they actually haunted? The unknown of deep water has of many people seeing entities and creatures. Are they really there or a figment of our imagination? Sailors have been seeing these creatures for centuries. There are ballads, books, and tales made of them from ferocious women living in the depths whether siren or mermaid, luring the sailors down, using their lust against them. Or is she just a manatee? 
Which, if that's the case, I don't blame sailors for getting a little thirsty out on the water months at a time away from humanity and only around each other. You sure do know those pirates were awfully gay. Oops, did I say that out loud? Honestly, though, we're finding new sea creatures all the time that we didn't know existed. So is it possible that these creatures that many have seen out in the water for centuries are really there? Are they smart enough to elude us? Many people go missing every year in the ocean and never to be seen again. Not a trace. Just doing a quick Google search, I find a new sea creature that was discovered this year. Sea creature with 20 arms, strawberry-like body discovered in Antarctic Ocean. In a surprising discovery, a team of scientists from Australia and the United States found a new, creepy-looking underwater species. After they undertook a series of research expeditions near Antarctica, as per a report in CTV News, the new species is being dubbed the Antarctic Strawberry Feather since it resembles the shape of a strawberry. It has about 20 arms and the creature's colors can range from purplish to dark reddish. The findings of the same published in the Journal of Invertebrates Systematics. The research went on several trips to the Antarctic Ocean between 2008 and 2017 in search of a collection of cryptic marine animals known as Promacocrinus species or Antarctic feather stars, which have characteristics having an otherworldly motions. I totally butchered that name. You can yell at me in the comments. The team took samples from all around the world, including the Sipple Coast, Diego Ramirez, and Prince Edward Island. The study added, in total, the scientists were able to identify seven new species under the name that I cannot pronounce. This increases the total number of known Antarctic feather species from one to eight, they said. It isn't letting me save the picture, but I will try to save it so I can send it to you guys because it is bizarre looking. Like if I saw this in the ocean, I would not know what to think. It almost looks like a bunch of feathery chicken feet. But with all of these crazy animals that we've discovered in weird places in the ocean that they shouldn't be able to live in, like near volcanoes, and lava and heat that nothing should be able to survive. It's amazing to me that we think that all of these paranormal entities don't really exist. I'm sure some of them do. Heck, we discovered that millipede in Los Angeles just a few weeks ago, and that's a highly populated location. If we go under the sea, under the sea, I'm sure there's a lot more that we have not discovered yet and it's going to continue to shock us. Well, your creepy BFF is a little exhausted today so this episode might be a little bit shorter, but I really, really appreciate all of you. I am awaiting a double hip surgery as well as stomach surgery and possibly neck surgery, so I'm a little stuck in bed right now and exhausted and bored. 
So send me your stories you want me to research and let me know if you want to be on the podcast and maybe do a Zoom call and we can discuss some of your paranormal experiences. I would love to do that. Make sure you like the channel. If you liked it, share it if you think it's worth sharing. And definitely subscribe to the Patreon if you want to support us in any way. The tiers start at $3 a month. And any little bit helps with just keeping the podcast alive. All right, I love you all, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Crow out.